Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Birmingham Town Hall. Please welcome a man who knows all the words to Not Nine O'Clock News's Hedgehog Sandwich. It's Richard Herring. Ah, oh, you're, you're much better than last week's audience. I tell you, those guys, those guys sucked last week. Gatwick, you're old and fatwick. I know a lot of other airports, but they're not as good as you. Farewell to Heathrow. Now I'm on Deathrow, so I just want to prove I could do it. And we certainly had some good times as well as some bad times. Do you think I have to pay Richard Curtis some money for that? I probably do. He'll have written it. Welcome! Oh, you won't know what it is. That was in last week's show. You won't know what I'm talking about. You just think I've gone mad. Welcome, you know, I've gone mad. Welcome to Richard Herring's Library Support Team podcast, largest library in Europe. <laughs> uh, I was talking to Mr. Cadbury's parrot at uh, Cadbury Worlds. Since I remember him, Mr. Cadbury didn't catch on, did it? You still remember him? Mr. Cadbury's parrot says, hello. No, I... I remember everything that happened in the 20th century. I don't remember anything in the last five years for some reason. He calls it, ah, let's step up. <laughs> do, I remember, do I remember to say that last time? I don't think I did. I even say the, yeah, okay, right. Did I say the, ah, let's step up, ah, let's step up. Um, I've got some more Birmingham facts for you. <laughs> Birmingham facts, Birmingham. I mean, I wouldn't put this on the internet. Again, Birmingham, if I was going to, 
If I had a, a website trying to promote Birmingham, this wouldn't be how I would do it, okay? Birmingham has the highest number of uninsured drivers in the country. <laughs> One million uninsured drivers in Birmingham. I'm now terrified. I know I can get somewhere in four hours, but the... will I get there without having an accident? Um, and this is an amazing fact. I'm surprised this isn't number one on all the lists. Uh, Birmingham once produced three out of four pen nibs in the world. In 1875, that's when that happened. Most people would have let that go and say, should we, uh, Birmingham, should we keep putting that on the internet? Yeah, one day someone will be impressed. Who made the other one in four? It doesn't matter, we made three in four. Anything important? Pen nibs, it was pen nibs. <laughs> right, look, let's crack on. We've got uh, an amazing guest for you. What a, what a, what a, a, I must come back to Birmingham and do more, mustn't I? You, you are fantastic. You've got fantastic celebrities and uh, you are a fantastic crowd. So thank you. So I really appreciate your coming out. Uh, the rest of you at home, come and see the rest of the tour, you fuckers. Um, it's 10% of my ticket sales in this room for the whole tour so far, but it's early. <laughs> Let's pretend it's all going to be this successful. Uh, my, my guest this week is probably best known for his portrayal of sentient foreskin in Bird Girl. That's a rare 2021 credit. Don't usually get a, such a recent credit, but come on. Will you please welcome Birmingham's own Joe Lysett, ladies and gentlemen. It's Joe Lysett. <laughs> it's for true, it's for real. It's real. It's real. Hello. It's me, the sentient foreskin. <laughs> that's true, that's a true fact. Right. Because I feel the last time, or one of the times I've been on this podcast... You lied. <laughs> and it wasn't, uh, the, whatever the credit was, I hadn't done it. Okay. It I think was... I was, it was two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. Someone put on my Wikipedia that oh, I was right. in you, an episode of that. Bungle in two pints. But I was bungle <laughs> in t- <laughs> two pints of lager and a packet, and I never was. Unless I, I don't know, did some sort of crack and then ended up on <laughs> without realising. But I did play a sentient foreskin in um, an American, it's my only American credit. Yeah, I saw the, the, the show looks quite good. But yeah, I've not seen it. Okay. Um, I should have watched it. Um, yeah, I play a foreskin, obviously. Graham, I think his name is. And um, uh, he's, the, uh, he's the foreskin of a character called David. And he's fucking a woman called Helen. Yeah. And my parents are called David and Helen. <laughs> so my therapist got a lot out of that. <laughs> did, you, did you have to do much preparation for the role of a sentient foreskin? No, it was, no. Sort of, it was done in lockdown, and I did it in my living room. Okay. I had to create, like, a little sound studio, and I, I, if I remember rightly, I used a duvet over a door as a sort of, you know, uh, uh, to absorb the yeah. echoes in the and living room. And also, that's quite like a sentient foreskin, a duvet over a door. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, and uh, I, get sub- I get paid by um, America... <laughs> whoever I get these checks but they're always for like four dollars right and I take them to Santander in King's Heath <laughs> and they can't they say they can't it's to cost them too much to process the check like yeah. you have to pay like 25 quid or something to process right. an American check yeah. so I've not essentially I, I, 
did it for free, <laughs> basically. <laughs> they realised if they just do it in increments of four dollars, yeah. none of the cats. I can't they, get it. They say we're getting you're getting a million dollars for this role. Yeah, and they but, <laughs> they come through and they go, oh, some money I can't have. <laughs> I once got a, a payment of four pence for a residual. Did thing. you? Yeah. And my In a check. And it was, well, it went to my management, and my management took one pence. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, is tw- it's 25%. I, they only made it get 15. Is that Avalon? It is Avalon. That's Avalon. They don't miss I a mean, trick. I mean, I've got things to say about Avalon, but you're <laughs> one of their clients, so I'll be nice about them. You're, you're welcome. Well, it's not the first time it's happened. That's what they are, actually, Avalon. It's not the first time someone from Solly Hull has spent most of the podcast talking about Avalon. That's, that's, all, I, that's, that's all I can tell you. Who was that? <laughs> Who could it be? Oh, it's too So I forget where be? he's from. He's from Solly Hull. Um, I did a joke about Avalon at the Edinburgh Festival. Do you, are you big fans of... Well, obviously... You, I mean, they're my management, but, yeah. you know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean much, does I it? I think they're thugs. <laughs> No, I'm sure they're very nice people as individuals, but they... Right, what happened is... Um, uh, uh, there's a sort of thing at the Edinburgh Festival where it's sort of known that um, uh, some companies, naming no names, but one of them has been named already <laughs> today, uh, uh, sort of slightly fleece their acts. And... Um, I thought that was an industry joke, so I didn't think anyone else knew about that. And then I was asked to do The Wrestling, which is a big show where comedians wrestle yeah. uh, professional wrestlers. And I was, the idea was Nick Helm, who was hosting it, uh, was um, knocked out and they were rushing around backstage looking for someone just like Nick Helm. And if you don't know Nick Helm, he's a brilliant stand-up. He's very gruff and he's very aggressive to his audience. and He's absolutely amazing. I thoroughly recommend him. And uh, they're running around looking, trying to find someone to replace him. And they land on my dressing room, knock, knock on the door and go, oh, perfect, can you do the gig? And the gag I wrote was, oh, I can't do it because I'm doing a charity gig to raise money for Avalon X. <laughs> And it got a really big laugh right. in the room and it ended up becoming part of the review that was in one of the papers about <laughs> okay. it. And I got a real um, short shrift from the Avalon people <laughs> yeah, for a little okay. while. Good. The, they produce this show. So it's, um, Do they actually? Well, well, they produce the tour. It's done, mate. We can oh, say right. that they're a load of fucking cunts. So am I going to get say a what like. Say what we like. Am I going to get a cheque from Avalon? You might yeah. get a cheque. For, for $4? No, we'll, no we'll, we'll, we'll pay. It's all right. We'll pay you. We'll pay you through uh, our own company. paid? Com- yeah. Wow. You've not been paid before. You get paid every time. Um, I think you... Uh, Adil Ray has given his money. I should have said this during his... Uh, he's given his money to a, Bur- a Birmingham food bank. So, you know. You, but, but, but by all means... Piss off. By all means, do take the money yourself. <laughs> do do. Adel Ray just said to me, because I'd not met Adel Ray, he said backstage, because uh, yeah. weirdly he was here the week after he recorded his <laughs> Yeah, he just loved podcast. it, he came back. Um, we really hit it off. Yeah. We've been mixing he our sperm all, up in a little bowl together backstage. He said, he said, next time I'm in Birmingham, we should go for lunch, and I'll pay using the money you're going to pay me tonight. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then I'll go, ha, I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, look, last time you were on, which wasn't too long ago, uh, you were just at the beginning of your crazy stunt to expose uh, David Beckham's hypocrisy. Yes. Uh, and you were, you were about to shred £10,000 if you mm. didn't withdraw from sponsorship of uh, yes. the Qatar World Cup. 
Now, you rang me beforehand and said, I have to tell you, don't talk about this too much. Yeah. Because if I'm not going to shred the money, yeah. but if you quiz me about it, I will admit that and ruin the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I was well, in on it. You were, you were. You were yeah. about the only person who was yeah. outside of the team that were working on it. Because um, I'm not good under... Like, I do... If you'd ask me about it... Yeah. Because like, I know what you're like. You'd go like, <laughs> you're not really going to do it, are you? And I'd be like... I, I am, and it would sort of. Un- so I just, I just didn't want to spoil it. Yes, and you were very um, obliging, yes. and we had a nice little chat about it. And um, and nobody, I sort of thought people would when I pretend shredded the money anyway. I thought people would watch it and go, "He's not really done that, or whatever." I sort yeah. of thought people knew knew me better, but the press basically did just all. Run- Some of them said allegedly or, or appears to shred but a lot of them just went Joe Lysett shredded 10 grand yeah I thought you could just say you're doing anything and they'll just do it like, I suppose they can't check because you know we, we controlled the video that went out and all yeah that, and you had no... quite a clever it was a, quite a clever mechanism to do it because the money that went in was real money right? yes because what we realise is that you can't make legally can't make fake notes unless they're something like 20% bigger or smaller. Right. I'm sure Avalon have a similar policy. Um, uh, and um, So we couldn't, we couldn't put them on the side and show them without a, a risk of someone watching it who knows that and going, that doesn't look like a real yeah, note yeah. and all that. So we, we had real notes and a real shredder but there was a sort of system where fake notes were on like a kind of buzzer that someone was off camera, a lovely man called Tom who designed the thing. He pressed the buzzer so that the fake notes went in as I threw the real notes into essentially a bucket. Right. So we, we knew that at no point we were going to shred real money, but it felt really scary because you yeah. were, I was putting 10 grand into <laughs> an actual shredder, but there was... There was no real way that it would have got shredded. Yeah. But if you actually knew, like, what you were looking at, that particular shredder wouldn't produce that sort of shred. Yeah. Also, modern banknotes are plasticky, so they wouldn't shred and sort of float like they did. So you're all idiots, basically, is <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, you, I mean, it's weird, because I think occasionally, like, I think, I, I think some, there was some comment on Twitter when I said you were on saying, oh, that guy shredded £10,000. So some people still believe oh, you Oh, yeah, you yeah, did yeah, it. definitely, yeah. I, um, I think lots of people still do. People were very angry about it at, at the time. I mean, that, it was sort of interesting. Obviously, I knew. I think I would have suspected that you wouldn't do it. I mean, I, yes. knowing you, I thought, I don't think he would do this. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how, how angry people got about it. Mm. Well, there's... The flip side as well, because there's a whole society of people that believe that destroying money is a brilliant thing. Right. I can't remember what they're called. And they wrote this extraordinary blog. I mean, it was, it's a long read. <laughs> I copied and pasted it and put it into chat GPT and said, just give me the gist of this. <laughs> and essentially, they were angry with me for doing it because they were really excited when I said I was going to do it because they thought someone on the telly is essentially doing what we think everyone should do. And then you've pulled it back and you've destroyed everything. And they, they did say something along the lines of, I'm going to, do, I, I'm going to hell and I'm the worst person wow. who's ever lived. Something, something along those lines, because I didn't actually destroy the money. You're still, but even if they believe that, you're still better than someone who hasn't even pretended to shred any money. At least you've pretended to shred some money. So you're, uh, yeah, you're, that's you're, true. You're yeah, so I've, those, I've, destroying money has been boosted as a, as a <laughs> concept. Yeah. 
yeah, you know, most people don't right. destroy any money, so you've like destroyed some fake money. It makes you closer to being to them yeah. than me. I've never destroyed any money. We should do some now. Let's do some. Let's. That feels let's appropriate. Some, let's do some coins. Birmingham City Council's yeah. collapsed. <laughs> We're in a cost of living crisis. Let's burn a tenner. Um, and it, so what was the, the fallout with... I mean, obviously, this was all designed to... You ended up getting a bit of flack, didn't yeah. you? Because you were saying uh, to David Beckham, you know, don't take money from Qatar. Yep. But you, yourself, you <laughs> hypocrite, yes. had done a gig in 2014. The Sun newspaper, is that you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually... Um, uh, cited this podcast as uh, as evidence that I hadn't hidden that because in, right. when we were talking about it, I said I've gigged in Qatar. Right. I've been there. <laughs> I wasn't hiding that. I thought in any way, but I suppose I didn't mention it in the program or in the setup or whatever. So I probably should have done that at some point. And after the podcast, I think that was the first time. It was the Mail, I think, got in touch and said, "Interesting to hear that Joe said on the Richard uh... Herring podcast that he did a gig in Qatar." Um, yeah, the, the thing with it is that there, to, I think there are two distinct things. At no point did I say no one should go to Qatar. I didn't say the footballers shouldn't go there. I was very careful not to condemn the whole concept of Qatar. What I was condemning was the government of Qatar and what they do. And Beckham was taking money from them to yes. promote them and wasn't saying anything about what, they're, what they were doing. And in the same way that, like, I don't think you should take money from Rishi Sunak and the, the, the UK government, but I still gig here. I'm, I'm doing a show here in the UK, but I don't yeah. think you should promote those people. So that was what my point was. But that obviously is um, a nuanced idea, and the Sun newspaper's <laughs> not necessarily great at that. And, um, and so they tried to sort of make me look like a, a hypocrite. Yeah, I don't, which, think it was, I don't think it was a great gotcha. I don't think it was... No, terrific. but it, it was interesting because I thought, oh, shit, like, I should have been thinking like them. And I, I, it, was in, it was an interesting for future stunts, if I ever do it, <laughs> um, to sort of, like, try and be a, like, one step forward and sort of think, what would, a, like, a whole company of bastards think about this? <laughs> Ah, okay, that's how they'll get me. Okay, fine. And uh, did, you, did, anything, did you hear anything from Beckham? There wasn't really We had much. a statement from his statement. people, uh, which was very sort of PR-y and bland and just sort of said, we want everyone to be happy and was very um, sort of the Trumpian, there are good, sides on, uh, good people on both sides. I just thought it was um, a limp statement, but he wouldn't have written it. He doesn't know how. Um, <laughs> Right down, Victoria. Um, <laughs> uh, so I got the PR statement, which is whatever. Well, that's more than we expected, to be honest. Um, but I have since heard somebody who worked on the programme sat next to one of his managers or something, and they were over a dinner party, and they said, oh, it was fucking shit show, and like, there were so many crisis meetings. I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> And I know that someone who worked for him in his PR team has since left and potentially because of, like, they just don't want to be involved in it. Right. I don't know. I can't, you know. Um, so I know there's been a bit of internal fallout. But I, to be honest, it's my, I've said what I sort of want to say about Beckham and it's not an, I, I'm not, you know, going to go to the grave constantly attacking him because I think he does lots of brilliant stuff. Uh, I think he's had a sort of blind spot here and 
I'm sh- I think he just got bad advice from his team and ended up a bit of a shit show. Um, I-, I will continue to advocate for LGBT people because I am one and I would love all governments to stop killing gays. Yeah. You what? <laughs> Love gays. Yeah, that's the mayor of Birmingham. <laughs> that's why this city's in such a mess. Yeah. Just spend a bit what... more time balancing your budget and stop loving gays. That was one thing I saw on um, Twitter when they, it was announced that Birmingham City Council had crumbled. Yes. Somebody said they had money to spend on this and it was a picture of a pride flag that they put on the floor. It's like, oh, that would, <laughs> that's what tipped it, isn't it? <laughs> multi-billion pound issue. <laughs> Shouldn't have put that pride flag down. <laughs> and he won, he won a BAFTA for that show, am I correct? In, in he won that? a BAFTA for well, that there show, you go. yes. So. so take that, the sun. Yeah. And you gave, you gave money to... You gave your, the £10,000, which was, give, was also gave given. The te- yeah, the 10 grand went to charity before, uh, before the thing even started. Yeah. The BAFTA stays with me. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that I still think you're bad for having done that gig in 2014. So it's uh, I'm, I'm with the, I'm with the sun. What for gig? For gigging still think in, it's bad for, yeah, I still think it's bad. Yeah. Why so, is that? No, I'm joking. I was just only joking. I was only joking. Like it's so, like it's so pathetic. It's <laughs> like it just. It's I thought it, I was being brave for going. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought I'm. I'm uh, this is a thing, is because I know hate from steps. <laughs> Always a good reference <laughs> in these situations. <laughs> He pulled out of a gig and pulled all of Steps out of a gig in Dubai because they'd been told in their contract they couldn't promote LGBT stuff. Right. Uh, no, the, when I was booked for that gig in Qatar, I was booked as known, is what they say. So I was never told, don't do your stuff. But we were doing it in gigs where it was sort of allowed. And yep. I thought it was good to go over there. And I still think it's good to go over there and perform as openly queer person because then the people there go oh he's just like us so i do think it's a good thing to do so fuck off <laughs> i was only being cheeky i was being and i was being me millions <laughs> i think it was about 300 pounds i got per gig i this that's why it's funny because it's before you were even on telly probably yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah. so you weren't you were just a jobbing comedian yeah and did the amount it would have cost you to get there yeah um, this you know. idea that I've at one point in my life went, Do you know what? Fuck the gates. I'm going to take the money. Like, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, well, there you go. Here we are. Um, well, look, I hope you will do some more. I mean, it, it, it must be difficult to. It smells like bleach. <laughs> <laughs> it must be difficult to. to cons- you know, you're so thoughtful with these ideas and they're so, they're so involved and they can fall apart at, at, you know, at, yeah, at was, any moment. With that the- was a high wire. Yeah. So it must be well, difficult to come up with them and to and to carry them out and to make sure they've sort of got to be each one's got to be at least as good as the last one, right? So it is, it's quite a lot of pressure on you to yes and come no. Up with the next like they they're um sometimes it's just the issue is that comes up will just be enough for me to sort of go. I'll try whatever I can there, and it might not work, and yeah. or it might not get the profile of other things. I'm not, I don't look at it like that really. I do just sort of, something will fire me up and I'll go, I've got to do something. And then I'll be exhausted from it and I'll go, I'll never do that again. And then something will fire me <laughs> up again. That just seems to how 
be how it goes. And there's something I find interesting about it because there's some people who do, and, and they're not to de- de- demean them for doing this, but there's some people who do sort of political stunts from a very much with uh, with a big agenda. I think, like you know, they're they're they'll they're either on either side of the of the divide. It sort of feels, although you obviously feel very strongly about some of these issues, it feels like somehow Joe Lysett exists in a little cloud outside of <laughs> conventional politics. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like you. I mean, I think you have got a, a side as as such, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like this is a one sided thing. It feels more like you're you're making a point, but also you're just quite a naughty boy. Who likes, who likes... You know, can I, I transcribe I, everything you've just said and <laughs> put it on my next poster? You can. I, I wrote down, you're a right little puck, is what I, I wrote down. A puck? A little puck like puck from Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, yes. Puck. Oh, that was the first... That's funny. That was the first role I ever played well, at I school. Well, I'm not surprised, because you're a right Don't little... You to die? I think I had to die really slowly. Is that right? Puck dies slowly. It isn't, but I think when you were in it, they wrote that in. Uh, <laughs> doesn't... Put, no... Puck is in a play within the play. Oh, he might die in that. And he dies within the play and he has to die. Is that right? They know Doctor Who. They don't know anything about Shakespeare. <laughs> Actually, we're in Birmingham. This is where he's from. Yeah. One of his ancestors will be here. Yes, that's correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's, 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 he's a sort of spirit. It's not Mike Malevolent or, or good. It's just naughty. Naughty, yeah. And, and it, you know, I know you, you know you joke about being very right-wing and you, you, know, you, you talk very eloquently about caring about... <laughs> Joke, you not joke. necessarily a joke. Uh, you joke, but it, you know, for that it, it doesn't have the, it doesn't have that same. You know, the, there, it's all like Mark Thomas, who I love. You feel like they, you know, there's it, there's a it's very serious and stern and and solid and you know for good reasons. It feels very the the stuff you're doing is is has yeah. this lightness to it that I don't know. But if you, even if you don't agree with the politics, I think you can just enjoy the spectacle of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice of you to say. Yeah, I um, yeah, I sort of think um, if you get too much with it, or if you sort of bang the drum too hard, then people sort of tune out, and it's uh, you sort of you're just sort of shouting into your echo chamber, essentially. Yeah. So I do think if you're going to do something, try and make it funny, or try and make it silly in some way, because yeah, I think as you say, like if even if you don't agree with it, it's hard to not enjoy something silly happening. Yeah. Um. And that was it, really. I mean, obviously, the Liz Trust thing, lots of people didn't enjoy that. <laughs> uh, as Twitter reminded me. I like that I was being blamed for Laura Koonsberg's plunging ratings in the, uh, <laughs> in the Sunday Times. They said that, that the opening of the, pa- the article was something like, Laura Koonsberg was unravelled by a comedian. Or that? I think she's done some of the work herself. In... <laughs> but I think her ratings are fine, actually, and so on. Yes, yes. yeah. Uh, I mean, the Liz Trust one is is gonna. It's sort of weird how that's. I mean, not weird because it was funny and it was great, but that is so memorable, and you're sort of stuck together now with that. With that, can <laughs> you? But there's with that pit, that little period of time where she yeah. was prime minister. You are a big part of it now, and so you will always be associated. I know I'm like the Avalon to, <laughs> to Liz Trust, <laughs> but you tried to get her on your show, didn't you? So you've got this running joke with her. You tried to get her on to your yeah. Birmingham show. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, put, I took out a paper uh, and ad in a local paper. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder, um, Matt Ford. Uh, who hosts a rival podcast? He does. I saw this week, and um, he said that he thinks I'll be in textbooks in the future right. about the premiership of Liz Truss, <laughs> which is so delightful to me. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I find that very silly. Um, 
I do think Liz, again, Liz trusted most of the work there. I think she did. I mean, it's extraordinary. It's sort of, it's, there seems to be a lot of think pieces about her. I guess it's a year ago, isn't it? Yes, so it's there's, all, lo- yes, there's loads so. of things coming up about it, but it is this. It's, and what a great year it's been! <laughs> but what a bizarre, you know, it's absolutely unfathomable. All the stuff that happened is it's so crazy. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a bad thing to be associated with. You haven't ever met her though, right? Or do you? Were you in the room? Were you in the room? Same room? No, I her? never shook her hand or got no. near her. Yeah, she, she sort of came in and did her thing. I did my thing, and she pissed off. It was yeah, it was very strange. <laughs> I do wonder what would happen if I did meet her really yeah. i wonder if there'd be some sort of implosion i think there might be some sparks between you two you think? i think I, I could see i would love it this time come on next year if you're going out with liz truss even if you're just banging her that would be so bring her on that would i yeah that would be a lovely f- finale <laughs> to the and then i run for tory prime minister yeah. and win <laughs> she's first lady no what do you call her? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, more or less. And then I, all the policies she wanted to do, I'll do them for her. Yeah. That seems fun. Maybe Let's do it. That's your next on the work table. Same we've mentioned on here, but we'll cut this bit out of the podcast so no one knows about the secret mm, plan. Yes, keep it quiet. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to marry Liz Truss. <laughs> um, so, let, look, we're in Birmingham. And I, Birmingham is... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you know? Looks like uh, London to me. It's, um, it's great that you live here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have... You I don't, love people. This is you it. You don't London have to live here anymore. This. I know you don't live in London uh, any, anymore, but London people do this. They go, it's so sweet. <laughs> you you're still in that place that you You can afford to live in London now. You can yeah, afford yeah. it. Can't really afford to live in lots of bits <laughs> of birth. Um, yeah, it's, I, I love it. It's better. Yeah. I mean, London's... Obviously, I'll say that here. In London, I'll say something different. But I... I, um, I like London, and I like, you know, I like going there and visiting, and I have a, 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 a stay with a friend in Peckham, so I've got a nice place to stay when I'm there. Uh, but Birmingham is my home, and it's where all my friends are... Well, lots of my friends and my family are. But also, I think it's a fucking great city and I don't think we say that enough, really, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but I think that somebody told me it's to do with the war and I can't remember the full details. But basically, we kind of... In the war, because of something... that The roles that were given to people in Birmingham in the war meant that we sort of kept ourselves to ourselves a bit. And there is a sort of spirit of like... Oh, it doesn't matter. And don't, you don't have to come. Like, there's a bit of kind of... It's, it's quite a British thing, but it's a humility, a sort of kind of going like, oh, no, we're not that impressive or whatever. And there is lots of... There are lots of issues here. Of, you know, as I said, the um, council's crumbled and all of that. There's lots, there are lots of problems here. But I do think Manchester and a lot of the northern cities, Liverpool particularly... It's the Beatles from Liverpool, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> they, they shout about themselves in a way that we don't yep. uh, a lot. And I suppose there weren't that many people to shout for us. You know, Lenny left us. <laughs> Frank left us. Adrian's back and forth. <laughs> but there's, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, 
Brummies to say Birmingham's good, I suppose, on yeah. the telly. So I've, it has fallen on me. <laughs> but I do, I, I mean it. Like, I do think there's so much cool stuff going on here. And I think we've got more Michelin-starred restaurants than anywhere outside of London. That's one of the facts in your 21 facts as well. I didn't read, I didn't read that one out because it was too good. It's very foody. The yep. amazing uh, food scene here, amazing art scene. Um, yeah, we've got lots of good stuff going on. And so, it's, you know, you've done your latest show, which I love. It's uh, the, the Late Night Lysit um, that you do in Birmingham and, you've, yep. and you employ some of the useless people in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> you would never... The unemployed... Sort of the waves and strays. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you... Sorry, I'm joking. You, you, you employ people from... But you've got, like, a, a staff there of young people working on the show to kind of get them a, a foot in the industry, which yeah. is amazing. Well, it's a thing that um, Gus Khan did on his Man Like Mobin show, and right. we sort of stole the idea from him of doing a traineeship where basically people who've never had any experience in TV are just sort of interested in giving it a go. Generally younger people... Uh, we sort of gave them opportunities. And the original idea was we were going to give four roles to, um, to people. And we had, I think we had a thousand, about a thousand people apply for wow. four roles. And they whittled it down and they interviewed, uh, I think, uh, getting on for a hundred of them. And they realised actually there's so much talent here. And th- this, I, did, I wasn't involved because I don't get involved in that because I'm not somebody who recruits people so I don't know how to do that so I let the production company do that and they were like these people are amazing and we should just make roles for them and I think we ended up having about 40 right. people who'd never worked in telly working on a live TV show which is really <laughs> and they were all brilliant it was yeah. great and um, we hope that we got another series we hope that some of them will step up and we'll get some more and we want to continue that and I love that, and I really get a kick out of it. I find it really um, exciting uh, watching. There's a, some, there's like an energy about like younger people who aren't in the industry there's, that sort of merges with the older people who have got experience, and the older people want to sort of slightly show off to them, and the younger people are sort of desperate to kind of learn, and it creates this sort of really lovely atmosphere. Yeah. It was a really happy show, that. I loved doing that it's show. It's really fun. I loved, I loved watching it. It's, you know, it, it, because it, it combined, and doing it live, it reminded me a little bit of, and it's very different, but it reminded me of what our, our live show, This Morning Rich, not, not Judy, could have been, you know, and it's, it was really interesting to see someone take that and take the liveness and, yeah. you know, do, you know, you gave away your car. Is that, have, you, have you got it? Yeah. Oh, is she in? You've got the car. Did, oh, you, did you drive in? There's nowhere to park. <laughs> You've sold it, haven't you? She sold it and she bought a camper van or something. No, it's like, is it a, it's a van of some sort? Wow. So who's got, who's got his car now? There's a lovely chap called Penn. Is a lovely chap called Pen? Ken. Oh, Ken. Okay. And I'm, on the other hand, getting the number 50. <laughs> so, you know. Well, there you go. That's very, well, I'm glad it's to see you reunited. <laughs> it's a local joke. The number 50 is notorious for being a horrible bus. Okay. But it's one of the key routes in and out from the Kingsheath Mosley area. <laughs> um, 
I do occasionally get it, but very rarely because I don't want to be seen. Now, were you transport. wooing for the area or the bus? That's the people, I think they were wooing for Mosley. Is it named after Oswald Mosley? Mosley, is it? No, I don't, no, I don't know, no. actually. No. I know Jess Phillips' mum calls it um, Muesley. <laughs> okay. Because it's, that is a perfect... It's very yes. Merlot as a place. Okay. That is, that is good. So there's another series. You've got another series of the, of this, of the show yeah, next year? Yeah, another series in April, I okay. think, we're starting. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that, but I've said it now. Yeah. Can't take Might that. be April. <laughs> That's one of the months of next year. It is really exciting. Well, it's difficult to get things on the TV at the moment, it's then, and Channel yeah. 4's not commissioning much new stuff. No, um, they're, so. in a, they're in a bit of a, a, a jam. But lots of TV is. Yeah. And lots, it's a terrible time for freelancers in TV. Uh, depending on who you ask, there's 75% of freelancers are out of work at the minute in, in TV. It's a, it's a really bad time. And I think it's this sort of weird mix of advertising revenue is down, costs of things have gone up. But also I believe because the BBC had Eurovision and then um, King Charles being uh, crowned, crowned? Yeah, I think he was crowned, yeah. Made God, whatever yeah. they do to him. <laughs> That was very like expensive, and so budgets have been cut elsewhere, right. and so it's just meant that things have been pushed back. And I think it's temporary, and I hope it's temporary. But it, there's a, definitely a sort of uh, somber attitude in TV circles yes. at the minute, um, which is yeah, it's a str- and then also all the people in film and all of the cr- uh, strikes that are going on in America, and that's affecting all the people that work on and all the crews on those films. So. There's a real, in the creative industries in film and TV, it's a, a mess. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, so I just hope people can hang on because there's so many really talented people that work in both those industries that will be kind of working job to job. And um, gosh, I've turned this into a sad old it's bleak thing. It's very sad, it's very sad. But uh, yeah, it's so we're hope, we're, we're The point I want to make is, I suppose, that we're thrilled that Channel 4, in that climate, liked the show enough to go... We want to make more of it, and we're going to commission it. it, It's so, um, you know, it's celebratory of like, you know, it's a fun show, and it's about having fun. And I love the fact that it's you have uh, it's a very diverse audience in with you that that you can that everyone's there. That it's it's this sort of acceptance of different lifestyles. Yeah. Uh, Again, you mean we are seeing and increasingly on TV, but not that much. So it's just and that it's a normal thing, and it's just a fun thing. But I think like that's we. I think we do need just joyful. Yeah, comedy at the moment. I think well, it, that's, that's it. what they are after. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, if you've watched the show, it won't surprise you that it's very uh, um, influenced by TFI Friday and those sorts of shows. Yeah. And I loved that when I was growing up. I loved that live, chaotic, silly environment I, um, and wanted to be in that and wanted to recreate that. And obviously the... Uh, tone of things now is different and people are watching things not live and all that so to get something live was hard enough as it is to convince them to do it in Birmingham was real <laughs> fucking I, I, the, the, um, the head of Channel 4 said after it had um, done well and they were happy with it said I'm so glad I pushed for it to be in Birmingham I'm <laughs> not sure you did Ian um, but they are really happy that it's here now and yeah. it ticks so many boxes for them because they do have to be more regional and they do have to do things that represent the whole country and so I'm glad that they um, gave us a go and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hope to do more of it. Yeah, and, you know, Birmingham has this amazing broadcast 
history, right? So it's kind of crazy that it's not a Pebble yeah. Mill at one and everything, and, yes, and Pebble Mill. Pebble Mill. Oh, yeah. in the mailbox. The BBC's in the mailbox. Yeah. Absolute dump. <laughs> <laughs> no atmosphere in there. I love also, because we did it in Digbeth, and I love that I brought people like Dame Joan Collins yeah, to Digbeth. <laughs> What did she make of uh, Digworth? I think she... she was very confused by the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was funny and mad to me that people like that would... And Joanna Lumley was on the first episode. Yes. Like, Joanna Lumley's just by the canal. What have I done? Um, and yeah, it, so I, I do love that sort of mashup of it. Or, like, yeah, I'm yeah. really happy with it. Good. I, and yeah, I think I'm, with I... the next series, we can push more and we can do more. Now we've got our sort of feet under the table, we can do some more... Uh, sort of madder stuff, really. And, yeah. and I think they trust us, to, I hope, to do some... I mean, I don't know what I'm... I've got no ideas off the top of my head, but... <laughs> it's fire Joe and Alumni into the sky. <laughs> I, mean, I think just, you know, it's... Your personality will... Uh, will is, is, leads all of these things. You know, you don't need any. You don't need anything. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You wrapping up now? Yeah, I'm wrapping up. You're sort of putting everything... You know, we've done a good 40 minutes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've got to go to Liverpool tomorrow. I mean, next week and the week after. <laughs> I'm going to tie myself out. I thought I should ask you, uh, I should ask you some emergency questions. Yeah, well, yes, uh, I like these. I might go, I might go random with uh, this 1,000 emergency questions available in the foyer after the show, £10. Uh, I'll try to get ones you haven't asked you before. Um, I won't remember. I know, it's a fine. And you, 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 I haven't asked you that many, actually. I'm normally um, really drunk when I do this podcast. I'm... Are you sober? Well, <laughs> I had, I think I had my last glass of wine at about half five. Okay. <laughs> I went to a park at one. Okay. Were you, were you alone or were you with other people? With other people. Okay, that's all right then. That's acceptable. Between four of us, we got through three bottles of wine. So, I'm fine. Yeah. I could... Drive a tractor, I'm sure. I, I think I'm about a uh, week and a half away from not, not having had a drink for a thousand days. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. feel good. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a problem, but I'm kind of, yeah, it's good. Yeah, you don't think you'll go back? I don't 
don't think I'm not sure. I sometimes I sometimes think I'd like a little glass of whiskey once a week, mm. but if I do it, then I'll just do it every day. Yeah. <laughs> go, once a week, once a day, once an Lo- hour. Lovely bars <laughs> in Birmingham after the show yeah, that we could mm. go to. Some lovely crisp, um, dry white wines or whiskeys or. Uh, are you are you ever mistaken for a different celebrity than you are? And if so, which one? Loads. Mainly James A. Castor. Oh, yeah? Well, you, that's your fault. No, it's not my fault. It's his fault. Your fault. I think it's just the fault of eyes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it happened really recently. Um, guy came up to me in Birmingham Airport and he went, it's you, isn't it? And I was sort of blindsided by it and I went, yeah. <laughs> and he went, James A. Castor. And I was like... And I didn't, I didn't, and never, no point did I say, yes. And he said, oh, my, I think it was his sister. My sister's I'm not going to believe this. She's got tickets to see you in Northampton. I was like, oh, great. I'm not, I'm not on tour. I'm not going to Northampton. I'm like, oh, great. Okay, lovely. And then went back to my seat and he came over a little bit, like a couple of minutes later and went, I'm not going to forgive myself unless I take a photo. <laughs> so he took a photo and so I'm, like, laughing a lot in this photo. <laughs> and then he sort of scuffles back to his chair, and I was just like, well, just let's see how long until the, re- the reply from the sister. And the way he walked back to me was so delightful. Just oh, God. I've made a terrible mistake. But I'd been texting James Acaster while it was happening. <laughs> And he was having a lovely time with it. And so what I did is I got James to send a selfie of himself. And I think he was in his house. Yeah. And then I held the selfie up <laughs> for him to take a picture with the selfie so that he had had a picture of James Acaster. Nice. Very good. Emergency questions do not let us down. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you this. this. People will be glad to hear this. This one doesn't come out very often anymore. Would you rather have a hand made out of ham... Yes! I love this one! <laughs> or an armpit that dispenses sun cream. I don't believe I've, I've got your answer to this question. I wish I'd thought of something beforehand, because <laughs> I've heard people answer this question many a time. Mm, yeah. Uh, ham made out of ham, armpits... The, hand, the ham grows back if you nibble it. If you eat the whole mm. thing, it'll maybe take a month to grow back. The uh, sun cream is enough to, for personal use. But you can choose the factor, but you can't change the factor once you've chosen. Can you choose the brand? Oh, yeah, I will allow that. Ooh. La Roche-Posay, thank you. <laughs> um, I, well, I have a problem with sun cream. It's okay. something I've inherent, inherited from uh, my mother, which is I am allergic to a lot of them, and it makes my eyes go very sore. Oh. But I've noticed La Roche-Posay. It's mainly the expensive ones I'm fine with. Um, so... If I could dispense La Roche-Posay yeah. or one of the more... I think, is it the something Earth one, uh, which doesn't affect my eyes? Okay. Um, I'll go with that okay. because the ham hand is mad. <laughs> it, is, it is mad. Your mum used to work for, for Cadbury's, right? She did, yes. Well, that's a, Before that's a job. the craft days. Wow. Or Mondelez, as they've called themselves. <laughs> or you've got me on Cadbury now. Yeah. And I could start a riot. And I think lots of people in this room would come with me. Yeah. And burn that place to the ground. <laughs> I bet it would smell amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> that sort of caramelised... Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, she worked as a graphic designer for Cadbury for a long time. I think she did a dairy milk redesign at one point and Freddo's and things like that. But she also did internal stuff, um, you know, documents and things. Um, And they were a really good company for a long time and, uh, you know, were built on good uh, principles. Mm -hmm. And then um, Kraft came in and said, oh, we're not going to make anyone redundant. And then they made loads of people redundant. And uh, they said, oh, we're not going to change the chocolate. And they changed the chocolate. And the thing they said with the cream egg was that uh, the chocolate in the cream egg, they changed to their horrible shit chocolate. And they said, well, it's not Cadbury Dairy Milk cream egg. I just thought, fuck fuck off. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's a sort of sore point, actually, the Cadbury thing nowadays, because they're just... um, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like Cadbury chocolate, but it's run by suits. Uh, yeah, I, but I, Cadbury's chocolate is the one. I've, I've, I've given up chocolate again, so I'm, that's another thing. I'm giving up everything. Yeah. Uh, as you get older, you have to. Uh, but that was, that's the hardest. It's, Cadbury's chocolate is the only one that, that draws me back in. Yeah. That's but it. it. It's, nice. Yeah. it's nice stuff. And this is, I'm so proud of Mum for this, and I might get this story slightly wrong, and she might get sued, but... Um, <laughs> that's fine. Hopefully I'll get it roughly right. When she had me and my sister... She, there wasn't really a system in place for her to take maternity, so she left being an employee of Cadbury's and became a freelancer at Cadbury's. And she was happy to do that because the company had been so good to her and she had a nice time working for them. But then when they were taken over by Kraft, she was coming up to retirement age anyway, and uh, when they said, oh, we're starting to sort of push people out, basically, and starting to make redundant people redundant, she went, well, actually, back in the day when I had um, Beth and Joe. I was forced to leave the company. There was no maternity. And actually, I should have been paid properly for all of those years and had all of my pension and all of that. And so I could probably take you to court. And she went really... And mum's not like that. She went really sort of fierce with them because she had no loyalty to Kraft or Mondelez or whatever. Right. And she um, got a nice little payout. So, yeah. Well done. Are they are your parents? Uh, only very close to your family. Obviously, you still live here. Are they are they are proud of the the terrible way you've turned out of this awful <laughs> Pr- human being? What? Sorry, have you? But the way you've turned this awful person you've turned into, are they proud? I don't know. No, you'd have to ask them. I'm sure. I they think are. Um, they they they're nice to me. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of them. Yeah, good. I'm doing an exhibition with my mum. Uh, yes, yeah, so she's a brilliant sprint. artist. So yeah. we're um, we're doing some. Like, we're, we've done some paintings together, like a sort of weird mashup, which we've never done before, and that's been really fun. And then uh, some of our individual stuff. And yeah, it's been really lovely working with her on stuff because um, she's so good at. Because when she was at Cadbury, she uh, was a designer and a lot of the younger designers that came in, they couldn't draw because they'd all just learnt to use Photoshop or Illustrator on a screen. And in meetings, people would say, oh, what's this going to look like? And they'd go, oh, we'll go and do a mock-up for you. And she'd just go, (laughs) probably a bit like this. And it's interesting how that's now kind of looped back round again with iPads and whatever. Um, drawing, but she is just an amazing artist, and um, it's nice to celebrate that. Yeah, and well, and your artistic side has really come yes, out. Yes, I'm the greatest living artist. In yeah, the... you've got a piece of work, uh, a, a sculpture, I believe, on sale for twelve point five million. Yeah, pounds. has that gone yet? No, no. Still, so, have you have you had my kitchen? <laughs> has anyone offered? You know, tried Dawn to get... French offered something for it. Was it for that? Uh, Harry Hill said he wished he had the money to complete the joke, is what he said. <laughs> but 
my, my hope is that some like lunatic sort of billionaire yeah. just hears about it and says, I've got to have it. But you and see, I, if they do, it will then be worth that and then they'll be able to sell it for more. Yeah. So if they, if do you know works. a really smart thing to do is if, if someone from Qatar yeah. bought it? That would be amazing. That would be really clever. Because <laughs> I've agreed that I'll hand deliver it. That's part of it. Okay. Anywhere in the world. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Got to stop expressing these things on my podcast because people will hear. <laughs> the Daily Mail are going to buy it. And yeah. <laughs> make you go to the worst place in the world. Um, so, and, and you, you've painted uh, Harry Styles, who I know yeah. you've talked... You've talked rather lovingly about... Yeah. I've seen the picture. So, Harry Styles is painted by David Hockney, who is one of the greatest living artists. And I love David Hockney's stuff. But lots of people didn't like the painting. And it was put up on... uh, The National Gallery are taking it. And I was watching... I think the National Gallery posted about it in a couple of art blogs. And all the comments were like, it's a piece of shit. (laughs) Terrible piece of art. And I loved that David Hockney who has got such history and is so respected as being <laughs> trolled that like, even at that stage, you can still get trolled. And I was telling my friend this, and she said, you should do your own version. You should do like a sort of take on it. And I thought, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> and I was drunk. It was quite late at night. And I, did, I got some Posca pens, which are like little acrylic pens. And I just did it on a bit of paper. And I just tried to recreate roughly what Hockney had done with these pens, but give Harry Styles the head of an egg. So just like a... <laughs> And then I posted it and um, said a, like, a silly story about how he'd come to sit for me and, in my studio in Padstow. I just made up a like, ridiculous story. Um, don't even, I don't think I've ever been to Padstow. And um, put it on Instagram and didn't think about it again. And then I went to the toilet and I was sat on the toilet and looked at my DMs on Instagram and Harry fucking Styles had sent me a DM. And I, went, I started to get very hot. Yeah. I, was sort of st- I got really panicked. And he sent me a message basically saying, I need to have this. <laughs> what can, could I possibly buy it from you to put it in my house? Something along those lines. And so I immediately said, it's eight quid. <laughs> And then he sent, he sent back six. <laughs> and I said, 6.50 or six quid and a Kit Kat chunky peanut butter. <laughs> and he, what, I respect him for this. He said, that will, that actually, the peanut, Kit Kat chunky peanut butter is more expensive, but yeah. I'll, it's a deal. Okay. Screenshotted all of that, put it straight on the gram. <laughs> and then afterwards, he went quite... And then I sent him my bank details... And an address to send the Kit Kat Chunky. And I said, What's, what address do you want, to send, want it sending to? And he went silent on me. Okay. And I thought, oh, shit, I should have asked him if I can screenshot it and put it on. But I thought, he's in, it, he looks good out of it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And then I just went into a real spiral of, I've pissed off Harry Styles. <laughs> he wanted to be friends. And, and, um, and then so a few days later, I then just said, oh, can I have an address for this? Because um, it's, it's important that you have the artwork. And he then sent an, uh, an assistance address. Right. I haven't yet sent it, but I'm going to send it. This is my plan. I'm going to send it with a stamped address envelope for the Kit Kat Chunky Peanut yeah, Butter. Just make it really easy. <laughs> and I, like, I was in London last week, and I was in a corner shop, and there's one there for 90p. They are on sale. He can yeah, do it. It's doable. I still am desperate for my Monzo account to have that H-style six quid. So <laughs> I, I, I'd hope it would come directly from him, but that's still not happened. But 
I check with a lawyer with this on this. If he doesn't pay within the 28 days, I'll send an invoice. If he doesn't pay within 28 days, I'm taking him to the small claims court. Yeah, good. I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's, you know, your life is very, it seems very fun, <laughs> Joe. Yeah. I love the fun you have with life. I know you, you know, you have anxiety and panic attacks sometimes, so it's not... Yeah. There's another side to you beyond when, this. Uh, it was fun. close to a panic attack I, bet I was it having sounds when like I was it. on the toilet going, Harry Styles fucking DM me. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's, it's, do you buy, well, this is something I worry about for myself because people of my generation have gone mad mm. or, tra- or yes. really doubled down on things they don't need to double down on. Yeah. And do you think there's a day you just wake up when, when that happens? And yeah. does, that, does that worry you that that could happen? Because it worries me is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I do think so. A friend of mine said that he'd seen people like me self-destruct. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. But I do think uh, publicly I do mad stuff. And then in my life I just go to the park and get pissed. So yeah. I don't, I sort of feel like uh, if anything will save me from that, it is being here and being at home i think yeah but there are also some nutters on the 50 so i might just end up <laughs> i do i feel like uh you i do you do feel anchored in reality i have to say no you do feel like that's what i mean you do i think that you are the, the lowest compliment you can give <laughs> look birmingham made the anchor for the titanic <laughs> we all know that the most important part of the Titanic, yeah. If you've been here, is that one of your facts? That's one of my facts about Burma. It's the black. It was made in the black country, if that counts as Burma. Oh, we'll take that. Yeah. yeah. I think you know. I think you know what you're doing, and you're. In, I think. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I think, yeah, I think you're in control of yourself, and you know. And I think yeah, I don't. I'm not really worried about it, but I just sort of think it's it's interesting when you've got when you're a freewheeler yeah. and you're having you know you have as much fun as you have. I guess. Like, if life stopped being so much fun... Yeah. You know, if, if because, you know, people say... and I've, 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 It might have been an interview with Adil, actually, you know, someone saying, you know, enjoy this while it's happening. I think, I think yes. Harry Enville said to Adil when he was doing Citizen Khan, enjoy this while it's happening. Yeah. And no one said that to me when I was on TV, and I wish I'd enjoy, I didn't enjoy it, and I wish yeah. I'd enjoyed it. Uh, and, it, you know, because it, it, it's a part, it can be a passing thing. Yes. Right? Well, I think that's the late night Lysit show I really enjoyed. Obviously, it's yeah. stressful and there's bits of it that were terrifying and I didn't like having to uh, do lots of sort of the kind of admin side of it. But once we were live, I loved it. And that's not been the case for lots of TV for quite a while. Right. I don't like doing studio stuff that's pre-recorded because it feels so stale and sure. uh, it's not the same as the live environment. So there's lots about things that I, I didn't enjoy, but I sort of actually feel like I've finally got to a point where I'm really enjoying it all. Yeah. And I'm being, I'm reflecting on that and going like, oh, I'm I'm having a nice time here. And so, yeah, but there will be a point where that will all go away, I'm sure. Yeah. But I can't really control that now, can I? You can't, so, they won't necessarily, and, but, but, I, but equally, I think it's just, it's sort of, you know, when, you, when you've got, you've sort of got the, you, the world you want in the palm of your hand, I would say, you know. You've, you've, well, I'd like a different government for a start. Well, but in your, in your own personal life. Yes. Um, that's going to that's, that's gonna come in the next 15 months. So you've got, yeah, you've got that in the next 15 think? months. Yeah. I, I, I've never felt um, like public antipathy towards a, a, a government like there is this. Know, but they... I think they could go down to like six MPs. 
They won't, but I feel like they. I feel like they could. I think it's going to be a disaster. But I'll be married to Liz Truss by then. <laughs> <laughs> She may be one of the survivors. It'll be all different. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. I'm having a nice time and I'm being, I've been gifted lots of opportunities and I'm having a nice time, but there is absolutely a possibility that I go full nuts <laughs> and run a YouTube channel which says that COVID was invented by Les Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be fun to watch, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I'll definitely tune into that. I mean, it's just, it's, a, I mean, it's just a terrifying thing about life, isn't it? That that, that that could happen to any of us. I'll listen back to this podcast <laughs> from jail and think, <laughs> oh, yes, he was right. Yeah, I don't but know. But that's what I mean. I think, you know, I think you're, that's what I'm, I think you're, you're grounded in reality. I think you're, I think you, like you say, that you've been down the park with your friends. That's, you're, you're grounded and there's a lot of people who become successful and lose something of themselves or yeah. it com- they, they, they believe their own hype, I suppose. You know, I'm they sure think- I've lost lots of things from as a result of that, but I think that would have happened, success or not, as you get older, you yeah. sort of change. I think as I've become more successful and more famous, that has changed who I am. It that will do. Yeah. And um, so I don't, think I, can, I, yeah, I don't think I can stop that from happening. And if I had not been successful, I would have changed in another way because I would be watching Joel Domic going, oh, I could have fucking done that. <laughs> so I would have been different in a different way. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting. I think, I, mean, I, 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 I think there's only a 20% chance that it'll happen to you. So, you know, that's, mm. that's, 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 I think that's good. Out of all, <laughs> out of all the people. <laughs> Who but, do you think is going to go out uh, from of your generation? generation. I, you know, your generation are pretty sensible. That's mm. what. Like, so I don't think, you know, my generation. I think gener- Nish has got it in him. <laughs> <laughs> like, my generation were big drug takers and drinkers. And, you know, I just sort of feel like there aren't that many uh, people like that. And, you know, that, and I think that, that does have an effect. You know, if people have, would, are taking Coke for 10 years, then that, that can Yes. I've only been taking it for 10 minutes. Yeah, you'll be fine. We just had some before the show. Really. Yes. Surprised we're not more, more lively. I feel sleepy on it, really. Yeah, I, don't know what... <laughs> I haven't taken Coke just because mum will listen to this and she'll worry. I've never taken Coke. If your mum's listening, I have taken it about twice, but I regret it. Oh. That's for Joe Lysett's mum. <laughs> Stop drinking, but you're just non-stop on Coke now. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, there's loads more. I can't believe you. It's only a, what you, less than a year since I last saw you, and there's still loads I could talk to you about. Um, I, I, I love what you're doing with the new show. I love that. The Richard Yew tree is a lot of fun. Thank you. What, what do we do with him next is the question. <laughs> I mean, you can carry on doing do the think? same just thing. Keep yeah. doing it. Mm-hmm. I think because it's so much fun just seeing, you know, it's... it's it's a lovely, it's a lovely idea because that no one's going to get into trouble for it because you're making them do it. Yeah. And uh, but it's still lovely to see people squirming. Yeah, it's fun knowing that. So it's sort of perfectly safe. It's so fun to write as well. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun, <laughs> and it's fun also watching some of it actually happen in real life. <laughs> like I, I won't name who it is, but somebody was accused. What well, I think that one of the horrible channels. I can't remember which one it was. GB News, Talk TV, one of those, yeah. was accused of doing horrible things yeah. and then had to sort of, in a statement on their show, <laughs> say, oh, I didn't do these things and whatever. And it literally was seconds away from going, nothing was proved, which is the catchphrase <laughs> of Richard Utrey. I was like, it was so delightful watching that. Yeah, it's really fun doing that. 
Yeah. So you know, but that's that. That's the freedom of a format like that is. Yeah. You can you can try stuff out of that, and it might not work, and then it does work, and it, and and you, exactly. And you can certainly keep doing it as it is, okay, and you. Well, I'm sure you'll think of something interesting to do with it. I'm not going to help you with that. You can do it. So <laughs> do it yourself. Um, look, it's. I, I really appreciate you doing this, and it's lovely to have you in front of a home audience. It, well, it's lovely to, to to do the podcasts again. I'm. I've said this to you before. Um, I don't really know how you do it because you seem totally inept. <laughs> but you do get stuff out of people. Last time I was on this podcast, I, was, I cried yeah, I made during you the cry. podcast. You were like, um, it's really... I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm always <laughs> delighted to be asked. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful Joe Lighted. Thanks so much for coming. I'll be at the back. I'll see you at the back. Thank you very much. Bye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Joe Lysett. Thank you to Scab Regard for doing the music. I'm indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to George, the incompetent sound man, to Bex Cliff, uh, to everyone at Birmingham Town Hall. Thanks for having us as your city crumbles into dust. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFosterStripe.com production. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates, Rahalastapa, and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful, and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.